Welcome to the end at the end. You guys are the ones here for session zero, right? What's it? Uh, <laughs> wealth beyond measure? Right. I set aside a booth for you over in the corner. Listen, Phineas won't be here for another 20 minutes. Enjoy the peace while you can. I'll grab you some drinks. This is the first ever installment of our new brainchild that we're calling the In at the End. And at least uh, for a little while, until something better comes along, <laughs> you all can anticipate listening to each of us take a, sh uh, take a swing at sitting in the DM hot seat, writing and conducting and leading our very own one-shot adventures. And uh, although Milo really wanted to go first, um, I yelled at him and I was like, dude, come on. Um, and I decided to go I know, first. You're just such a jerk. God. Yeah. I was just like, listen here, you little bastard. Um, I didn't say that, but uh, I already had some ideas ready to rock and roll and Milo was gracious enough to let me do it. So the... One shot that I've written for you guys, I tentatively called and will now write it in stone. Wealth beyond measure. And I wrote these guys a backdrop, but I'm going to go ahead and read it for you, dear listener. The Silishtar Expanse is a harsh and unforgiving stretch of land where the sun never sets. One might see it on a map depicted as a great circle. A hot and savage desert encircled by a thin band of temperate twilight, beyond which is nothing but frozen black death. The desert is dominated by Bedouin tribes that travel from water source to water source, while those that can afford to do so build their homes and businesses in the twilight. Amir Bayezid Khan whiles away his time bathed in great luxury from his twilight palace. Entertaining nobles, courtiers, and public figures with near-constant festivities, his wealth and influence is felt all across the expanse. But following the theft of some of his most precious treasures, the emir has posted a reward for their return. Wealth beyond measure, he promises to any who can return his most prized possessions. However, he has been conspicuously silent about what was taken. In fact, He's provided not a single shred of information. There's no item count. There's no descriptions. Many have tried to seize on this ambiguity, and those caught intentionally lying have been met by the emir's own executioner. For a time, it was a gold rush. Rumors flourished. Entire industries grew around the adventurers who plotted and quested for lost treasure. But things have cooled off and is now only the most dedicated or perhaps the most desperate who still look for the lost treasures. You all have come together by chance, whatever reasons they may be, and whether you are an adventurer questing for gold and riches or a courtier currying favor with the emir, a desperate business owner with looming debts, or simply a victim of circumstance whisked into adventure by virtue of being in the right place at the right time, you have found yourselves in possession of information that may just be the key to wealth beyond measure. Exciting. So that is our adventure. Let's go ahead and take this around the horn. I want to meet some of your characters since we know a little bit about the world and a little bit about the adventure that awaits us. And I'm going to go ahead and call this out because it looks a certain way on my screen. I'm going to go ahead and start with our main man, Caleb Hood over here. Tell us a little bit about your character. Okay. Um, so we, if we were looking around, um, 
kind of eye level, you wouldn't see anything. You would have to look downward because I am playing a halfling that sits about three foot three, um, dark brown skin, golden dark brown uh, eyes, um, just hovering right about at adulthood, um, 19 years old, um, weighs about 37 pounds. And uh, this particular halfling is non-binary androgynous kind of presenting um, but identifies as male and uh, he goes by the name connie uh, full name conrad amber seeker and um, you see uh, strapped to him he's got a chanter um, uh, a flute a wooden flute of sorts um, but it's it's a woodwind it's got a reed to it so it's got kind of a buzzy sound if you've ever heard um somebody play one of those flutes and chanters in the middle east you know what i'm talking about or i believe it's the initial part of a bagpipe as well you can uh, yeah it's a double reed yeah they call them like a do a never mind ruined it yeah go ahead yeah so i'm just going to refer to it as a chanter because that's how i i i actually own one floating around here somewhere but uh carries around a chanter he's got a rapier at his side and um yeah that's that's pretty much him you do notice he's got a few trinkets on his body um he's he's i don't know how far into his motivations and things like that you want to get right or if you want that to kind of come out in the we can we can uh circle back to that as as some of our other players um become known i'm seeing here that perhaps franco the wielder is is amongst us alex go ahead and tell us about your character yeah franco the wielder uh of wares uh is a tiefling sorcerer with a little bit of warlock with a magical blade he's found uh a wild magic sorcerer somebody who has made their living finding rare items magical things and selling them being a you know a go between between these people that are looking for treasure and those who want the treasure. Uh, I would say Franco's dressed in just extravagant layers and gold rings adorn all the little uh, edges of his uh, clothing. Uh, I think blue skin, tall horns with some sort of big hat up there. Um, yeah. Franco, the wielder. Uh Excellent. And and with with their with their uh you know the this closeness with all these odd magical items and things like that has developed a aberrant uh a, a relationship with with magic where it doesn't quite work uh correctly when when he's around. I like that. All right, that was Franco. Let's go on down the list to Docs. We got Milo over here. Haven't heard anything about his character yet, so this will be a surprise. So yeah, Doc's Yella. Uh, he's a human. Uh, normally, you would seem about the same height as Conrad. He's kind of slouched over, uh, uh, kneeling down uh, over uh, um, kind of a, a flask-looking container that has like a bunch of dripping uh plant material and liquids and things like that just kind of sloshing around in it um wearing a pretty average robe for any monk 
he's got uh, really like disheveled red hair uh, that's very curly, uh, kind of goes over his face a little bit and down his back. You do notice that his left eye is a little bit droopy. And uh, when he does reach for things, he tends to reach with his his right side opposed to his left. Um, kind of definitely the urchiny city dwelling type uh, coming out into the desert doesn't really seem like a thing that he would probably do. Um, but he's being drawn to kind of uh, search for something to further his abilities, I guess. Excellent. Being drawn to search for something to further his abilities. All right. Saving the best for last. Dashel. <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, but yes. Let's, uh, let's hear about your guy. Oh, so I am uh, playing a... Uh, a, a Leonin, which is basically a lion type lion man, essentially. Uh, <laughs> his name is uh, Zashir the Nomad. Uh, he's basically been, for the most part, like a nomad, also like a hermit in a lot of ways, spending a lot of times, a lot of his time kind of in solitude. Uh, he's got typical kind of like, you know, golden fur, but he's got a lot of like, like beard hair, like kind of like growing out because it's kind of yeah. wild. Um, but his his mane is pulled back into a big, large, like iron band, like a bangle. And um, <clears throat> which is, if you've ever encountered Leonin before, is very uncommon. In fact, like it almost never happens. Typically, they let their manes flow out because it's a source of pride. Um, but he has been on his own for quite some time. Uh, he's in his mid 30s. Uh, been in exile essentially since he was like 18. He uh, has a bit of the flair for dramatics. Like he sees himself kind of as like a bard, like someone who's the face, but he's also been out in solitude for many years. So he's actually not great at it. <laughs> like tact is not his thing, but he thinks it is. Um, and the, the, the kind of voice and I guess personality angle I was going for is, um, uh, Matt Barry's character from what we do in the shadows. I don't know if you've, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love so Matt a little Barry. bit of that. Yeah. So, uh, but, but he is a, a very, uh, he's accomplished warrior and, and he takes his, his warrior like samurai code very, uh, seriously. So, you know, he's, he's all about. Um, that, but uh, he, he's received initial training when he was with his pride as, as a youngster. So he has the formality, but the rest of his combat prowess, he has formed in the wilds, uh, fighting people who don't fight by rules. So it's a very different style. And I'm just wondering, hearing all this from you guys, you know, does anybody have any thoughts on how your characters might be grouped up? Or if you're all grouped up, did you all band together? Or did some of you just, you know, you're out treasure seeking and here we are about to be swooped up sort of together by pure chance for the first time? Because let me tell you, you guys have been treasure seeking, but you've been trespassing in the wrong lands. No. You found yourselves at the tip of a spear, deep in the desert, captured by notorious gangster Gideon the Grey who will no longer suffer trespassers. So with that in mind, was this something that you guys all, maybe you were picked up one by one, or maybe you guys were already traveling together. 
I want to know if you guys have thoughts on how sort of the extent of your relationship could be before this moment, if anything. Kind of going back to the the character description, um, a lot of people were giving a little bit more background, so I'll just kind of plug some in, and it might kind of help inform this decision that we're about to make. Um, Con Connie is very dominant diminutive in stature and kind of doesn't come across as a very strong personality. Um, but once he gets playing the loot, all eyes are on, on him. Um, his, his general motivation in life is to seek out adventuring parties because he wants to have the corner on the market of telling the tale of adventurers and um, telling the stories of amazing magical items that they find along the way. And so at least one of these people in this group, I probably um, thought that there was some potential for greatness and I'm following them um, to kind of be a part of the adventure. So I can be sure to have the copyright, so to speak on, on that tale. Yeah, that's great. I think for uh, Franco, the, the kind of other uh, Franco's the other side of that coin where he'll, he loves having others come out with him uh, for, for treasure seeking as if he can, you know, get away from danger better than they can, then he can reap the <laughs> rewards of it. Um, it's not about the stories. It's about the merchandise. Uh, so, so with, uh, you know, that in mind, um, Frank was always interested in, uh, you know, showing people or uh, taking people out to, to treasure seek if uh, they're, they're interested. Gotcha. I can see that kind of working out well. You're daring just enough for Connie to be like, hey, I like that, you know, and you you seem like a guy who gets your hands on lots of lots of goodies. But I'm wondering if maybe Amber or Con- Connie has heard of Franco before and maybe is a little skeptical of his prowess. We'll see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I, rumor, rumors run deep, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, you know, Franco, yeah. t- you know, spin spin stories about how how others fell um, bravely. <laughs> never, he, never his fault. <laughs> never, never. He tried to save them, but yeah. uh, this pesky magic that keeps going wrong. It's just, it's yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, I think I think I'm following you around because I, I've heard these great tales. I've got to see it for myself. And this next adventure proves to be the big one that I can, uh, could there you go. play your glory. I, yeah. I like that. That'll be, that'll be fun. What about docs and, uh, Zashir? How do you guys think you fit in? Are you guys loners? You've been swooped up in this on um, your own to meet these two or, well, I was going to say that, um, you know, one of the ways that, uh, my character kind of like tries to like, fund his kind of nomadic lifestyle is uh he'll offer his services as like a bodyguard mm. right and he really talks himself up like trust me you know you'll be safe in my hands but um like like half of the groups he ever takes out on treasure hunting trips always die <laughs> and oh, <clears throat> like an image of him like vanquishing the last like enemy and he's like you see i've done it and turns around and they're all dead he's like <laughs> I've done it again. Okay. Plus, I could see that kind of making sense because, you know, being a nomad yourself too, you would have a little bit more intimate knowledge of the expanse itself out in the desert. Right. Um, then so maybe... I kind of offer my services to like treasure seekers. And then in the hopes that maybe they'll like, you know, give me 
a little extra treasure on the side for helping them yeah find their way mm-hmm. okay I could see I could see Franco uh, having you know having having us worked work before in the past uh, in that same um, setup before you know bringing bringing some people out and and that's happened and yeah we, we, you're, you're one of the colleagues you're one of the only groups that have ever lived <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> under my group and yeah. so I, I love review. I love I love seeing you because I'm like, ah, yes, my favorite client. <laughs> my favorite and only recurring client. <laughs> yeah. right. The only five-star review on Yelp. Yeah, yeah. The rest are all ones. Well, see, he lives, and so he's guaranteed income, you know? <laughs> <laughs> he didn't have to, like, go out and market. It's like, this guy's just coming back, you know? Yeah. What about Docs? How does Docs fit into this? Um, I really see him as being uh, kind of on the outskirts. Uh, he may have met um a few of you guys in like a bar or an inn somewhere um and was really interested in your sense of adventure and especially magical items uh mm-hmm. he has like this this uh this alchemy jug that he that i told you about uh he like gets your attention He's like oh, oh come come look at this guy's uh, uh I, I gotta show you what i can make in here and he starts pulling out all of these little like half full vials and pouring it into the uh, the jug and all of a sudden some sparks come flying out of it and he takes yeah. the jug really quick and just takes a big gulp of it and then <laughs> just kind of keels over and passes the, the alchemy jug to one of you yes <laughs> oh, i love that okay so you guys you guys do have a little bit of familiarity together it sounds like at least maybe, professionally if right. not personally maybe and maybe some of yeah. your relationships run a little bit more deep than others but it sounds like you guys and 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 I didn't specify this, but this is as good a time as any to say it is that the expanse, while you might be thinking it's some mega huge, you know, Tatooine planet type thing, it's it's not that big. The expanse is fairly small, and to travel from one end of twilight to the other directly through the desert might only take, you know, a few days, several days. So it's quite possible that you guys probably have run into each other before and might maybe even, you know, if, if we adopt some things from some other games, like maybe you guys might be familiar with some of the faces that we meet out in the expanse while we're uh, adventure seeking and things like that. A couple other things you guys should know real quick about the expanse. And I might've told some of you this individually, but I forgot that I never put it in my intro is that um, this is a world where magic runs amok. Magic is in the air, literally, and it flows almost like its own weather patterns sometimes. And there is a phenomenon that I've just been calling the surge, which is, you know, a surge of magic that might fall over a specific part of land like weather might. And it can cause all sorts of crazy shit to happen. Um, It might just like start raining fireballs on you, or it could just be that all of your magical effects are boosted, or it could be that you guys all start pissing watermelon juice or something, you know, I don't know. I love this. Um, Except for the watermelon juice part. That that was my favorite part. Connie loves it. (laughs) Everybody starts sticking jug. They're just like, quick guys, load up. (laughs) This is our chance. (laughs) Uh, But that's cool. That is such a cool idea. I love it. Yeah. And if it wasn't obvious, the sun does not set. It does not move even. And to go to the point directly under the sun is to call 
is called to travel noonward and to travel towards the twilight, uh, which is the, the edge of the circle of this map is called to travel duskward. There really is no north. There really is no south. Um, because as far as you guys can tell, there are no stars in the night sky or well, why would there be? Because it's always day. But even in twilight, <laughs> there are no stars that you guys can see from the twilight sections of the expanse. There's no moon waiting just on the other side of the horizon. If you stand near, you know, near total blackness, it is just the sun and the sky and constant heat and constant survival against uh, the heat and the sun and the light. Um, and there are some obvious repercussions of that, and some of them might unfold naturally while we play. So, okay, is there any other questions that you guys have? I don't want to spoil anything, but is there a, a way that we track time? If there's no moon, no stars, no sun setting. Yeah, I thought about this a lot, and I really don't have a good answer, and I was hoping we could just kind of may- fantasy hand wave yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I mean, honestly, we could just be um, up to our own bio rhythms. And, and that's kind of what I was thinking, because obviously, like rests are going to be required and things like this. But an obvious implication that I have had to remind Caleb of was that there is no dawn. So a lot of magical items that might say replenish charges at dawn don't get replenished. And that is not an accident. But like I said, magic flows like rivers over this land and so there might be things if you have charges that are like that there might be ways in which you can recharge them um but it's not going to be triggered by dawn so are you all ready i think so i'm ready okay thank you so much for joining us for our first ever session zero here at the inn at the end It was my pleasure to host. I hope that you will join us for our true session one available wherever you found this episode. Please, if you haven't done so already, subscribe to our podcast and leave us a rating and a review if you are so inclined to do so. Otherwise, I will let the band carry me out and we will meet you back here at the Inn at the End for session one of Wealth Beyond Measure.